covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for being tuned in. We are getting closer and closer to the start of the season as uh, we're just a couple weeks out now, amazingly, just a couple weeks out from the start of the season, which will begin on April 1st. It is crazy how soon and how quickly uh, this season is going to get here. And uh, before you know it, the Brewers are going to be playing baseball games that matter Thursday, April 1st, opening day at home against the Twins. And uh, things will be off and running at that point in time. Speaking of things being off and running, let's do our normal housekeeping items here at the top of the podcast. If you want to get in contact with me, at Matt Pauley on air on Twitter, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And uh, if you do listen to the podcast on Apple Podcast uh, and you can leave a ranking and review, that would be fantastic. Also, just a, um, a shameless plug, we did a Springs training special that aired on uh, both WTMJ and 94.5 ESPN this past week. And if you're listening to this podcast, and you are right now because you're hearing my voice, there's a pretty good chance you are aware of this, already have listened to it, or at least saw it. Uh, we had we had quite the show. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun to be able to uh, put together, as I'm trying to think off the top of my head, every single person we had on. Let's see if I can go look it up real quick before, uh, because if I just tried to go off the top of my head, absolutely 100% without a doubt, I am going to forget somebody. All right, so here, I've got the list in front of me, thanks to my uh, own Twitter account. David Stearns, Jackie Bradley Jr., and Brandon Woodruff were our one guest. Craig Council, Corbin Burns, Keston Hira, and Brent Suter joined us in the second hour of the show. And then Colton Wong, Travis Shaw, and Garrett Mitchell joined us in the final hour of the show. That is all available where you're listening to this podcast right now on this podcast feed. Uh, that is available, and it was posted on an hour-by-hour basis. Now, a number of the individual interviews were posted as well. I don't think every single interview was posted and uh, we did more than just interview folks so if you want to hear the entire show I would certainly encourage you to listen hour by hour and uh, again you can find that right here where you're listening to uh, this podcast to uh, check that out uh, for yourself on the show this week we are going to uh, speak with Scott Warris now Scott hosts WTMJ nights weekday nights from uh, 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock on WTMJ and He's not somebody who covers the Brewers. A lot of times we talk with people who cover the Brewers or blog about the Brewers, whatever it might be. Uh, he is somebody who just follows the Brewers very closely, and I always enjoy our conversations. Uh, we take a little bit more of a broad-based look at things. Maybe we're not breaking down the uh, the competition over at third base or something or trying to figure out who the 26th guy on the roster is going to be. Uh, we look back at things. Just kind of a, I always enjoy having Scott on. I hope you enjoy it as well. A little bit different type of conversation than what we normally do on the podcast, but certainly fun nonetheless. And uh, Scott Warris is going to uh, join us coming up in just a few moments. As we do get going, look, this happens every year in spring training. 
Uh, but we are starting to see a few injuries start to pop up for the Brewers as uh, spring training has continued on. Uh, Derek Fisher suffered a bit of a hamstring issue uh, on Sunday. Tom Hodricourt reporting that he's expected to miss at least a little bit of time. Mark Mathias has what was referred to as a serious right shoulder injury, so we don't know when he might be able to uh, return. Uh, Brent Suter did have a bit of a hand deal, but he seems to be okay based based off everything that's being said right there. Ray Black is going to start uh, throwing off the mound by the end of this upcoming week, uh, but his status for opening day certainly up in the air. Adrian Hauser is dealing with a bit of a thumb issue. That's probably going to slow him down a day or two. Uh, Lorenzo Cain should be playing in Cactus League games this upcoming week. That's good. So, really, outside of, it seems like the Mark Mathias injury is somewhat serious, we don't know quite yet with Derek Fisher how serious that might be. Uh, we also, uh, Ray Black, his status for opening day certainly up in the air. But the point being is this happens in spring every year. It happens throughout the course of the season every year. You're always going to have some injuries. And the question is, who's really going to step forward? A lot of people looked at Derek Fisher as being somebody who was going to maybe uh, make this team as the fifth outfielder, and uh, if this hamstring issue that he's dealing with keeps him out of uh, out of service here for an extended amount of time, that obviously would impact his ability to be on that opening day roster. So that's part of what I'm trying to say here is that's why you try to develop a deep team and that's why you try to develop a team that has a lot of guys that can play different positions because when you are in those moments where somebody goes down that you're really relying on, somebody else has to step in, and you you want to be covered there. And it feels like the way this Brewers roster is constructed, they absolutely will be covered. I, I like the numbers that we're seeing from a number of folks right now who there's, there's a lot of pressure on to kind of step forward. Uh, Avisail Garcia. He's hitting 450 so far in spring. And you take spring numbers with a grain of salt, but also when a guy's coming off a year where maybe the numbers weren't so great, this is your first chance to kind of evaluate. Uh, Omar Narvaez hitting 313. That's good to see. Andy Haynes spoke with the media this past week, spoke spe- uh, specifically about those two individuals and said everything's looking good. And if those two guys both take steps forward this upcoming season, that goes a really long way. I think especially for Narvaez, for the expectations that people had on him from an offensive standpoint last year and just what his track record is for him not to come through uh, in the way that folks were hoping he would come through if he can get back to who he was as a hitter prior to his time with the Brewers that's a huge addition to the lineup for this year also want to mention Garrett Mitchell really quickly and I don't think Mitchell's going to break camp with the team Uh, he was reassigned to minor league camp this past year that's a paper move there really isn't minor league camp this year and with so few bodies because uh, the the minor league camp and the single A and the double A guys are not in Arizona they'll get there once uh, the big league guys and the triple A guys exit there's not as many bodies to get into games so even players who are technically optioned to uh, are reassigned to minor league camp uh, they're still going to get opportunities in Cactus League games and for Garrett Mitchell we're talking on uh, Sunday night that's when I'm recording this Mitchell hitting 571 and while everybody has a small sample so far size so far in spring, I mean, this isn't like a tiny sample size. He's 8 of 14. He has one home run. 
His on-base percentage at 625, his slugging percentage at 857, his OPS at uh, 1482. I mean, this is uh, this has been impressive. He has opened up a lot of eyes, and that's what uh, a first-round pick is supposed to do. That and he's a college guy, so he's a little bit more of an advanced guy. But he's never played in a professional ball game. He was drafted last year, and then there was no minor league season. Most guys who get drafted, they have that opportunity to go play uh, half a season of short season ball before, uh, you know, in, in that same year as being drafted, and that didn't exist this year, or last year, I should say. And this has been really impressive to watch what he has been able to do, and it's a lot of fun. And we'll just see what he does this year and how quickly he's able to uh, move up. Sidebar on that, it's going to be interesting to see what clubs do with players they draft moving forward because essentially short season ball doesn't really exist anymore. You've got your four full season clubs, AAA, AA, high A, and low A, and then there are some other things that are in place but not really in terms of it being a competitive minor league baseball situation. And for those guys, and this one in apply to somebody like Garrett Mitchell that if there would have been a regular minor league season last year he absolutely would have gone to a full season affiliate he would have ended up uh, either at Wisconsin or Carolina but there's a lot of guys who get drafted who end up going to short season ball what's going to happen to to those guys are they going to go are they going to report to uh, the spring training facility which there's going to be some things going on there that's probably the most likely outcome but things are going to change the developmental model is going to change uh, with what you're doing with a lot of these guys immediately after they do get drafted all right uh, let's get to our conversation with uh, Scott Wars again if you uh, fast forwarded through uh, our housekeeping items at the top Scott is the host of WTMJ Nights six to nine weekdays on WTMJ. Our conversations always maybe a little bit different than the conversations I would have if I'm bringing somebody on from uh, Brew Crew Ball or, or whatever it might be. I should also say before we officially welcome Scott on, I was supposed to be on his show this past, I believe. Tuesday, and I said, yeah, sure, I can come on. We'll talk brewers. And my wife and I were in the middle of the car buying process, buying a new-to-us vehicle, and it took an incredibly long time, and I had to bail on Scott after I had committed to being on the program. I was unable to do so as we were uh, dealing with stuff, yet despite that, he still agreed to come on to the podcast today. Hi, Scott. I don't know how much haggling you were doing for the hours that you spent at that car dealership, but I sure as heck hope you got a good deal at the end of the night, considering how long you spent in that building. I hope it was a hell of a deal for you and your wife. I felt That's pretty, all I know. I felt pretty good about it. I'll, I'll just share this real quickly. So they come back with the like the initial price, you know? And it had the payments and everything, and it was way more than we could ever afford. And I I looked at the guy, like he's about to start talking, and I looked at the guy and I said, this is a non-starter. If this is going to be the area that we are in, we need to find a different vehicle because this is nowhere close to anything we can do. And I was not haggling. I was not negotiating. I was laying my heart on the line. I was being 100% truthful and honest when saying that. And he went back to, you know, that desk that they always go to and he came back and we started, uh, we started talking from there. I just picture you and him with this little scrap of paper and he writes a number and pushes it across the table. You open it up, you cross it out, you write a number, you push it back across the table. He crosses it out. He writes a number 
and that process just continued on while your wife sits there just kind of rolling her eyes and waiting for the real negotiating to begin. We, That's how I want to picture it, Matt. Here's the other uh, part of this. We had our, uh, actually, we're talking on Sunday, which is my daughter's two-year birthday. We had our two-year-old daughter with us during this entire process. Wow. Well, you got to teach her early. I yeah. mean, look, if you want her to be able to, 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 you know, negotiate in, in her life, and her career, whatever she does, and just in life experiences, she can always say, I remember it was right before my second birthday, and my dad dragged me into a car dealership for over four hours to haggle over a new car, and that's when I got the that's when I got the Polly life lesson that I needed. There you go, Polly you know? life lesson. Well, happy birthday to her. Yes, I, I'll pass that along. Um, Uncle Scott. Has it gone fast for you? Has it, yeah. Has it gone fast for you? Yeah. Like two years. Yeah, it doesn't. It's okay. incredible. I, I actually think, and we're going to talk, we're, you know, we're basically at the one year anniversary of everything shutting down in the world, including baseball. So we're going to spend some time talking about that. Um, this past year, as, as arduous and as in the moment it felt long, it does not feel like this last year um, was very fast. And then when I think about it in terms of being yeah, at the two-year point, you know, that first year with a new kid always goes by super fast. So these last two years have just rolled by for me. But it does feel well, like, like, what do you think? Doesn't it feel like this time last year was just, just a moment ago? Here's, <clears throat> yes, here's the thing that I've learned. And, and I've heard this said to me by two different people who are all two different people who are parents. So you, you can probably relate. I feel like the year 2020, while as we were going through it, dragged on and on. And I can't remember one, any, one day being any different than it. Like, what was the difference between, I don't know, March 21st and May 3rd? I, I don't remember. It's all a blur. Or, or June 7th and August 3rd. I, I don't know. It was all a blur. Because if every day just kind of dragged on. But now that we're out of it, in totality, like the year 2020 went by in a flash. Yeah. And I said that to, to two other people who are parents, and they said, it's the same moniker that is used for parenting in that the days are long, but the years are short. Yep. The days drag on, but the years go by in a flash. So whether we're talking about the pandemic year and the days therein, or we're talking about your daughter Two years may have gone by like a flash, but the days themselves, for a while there, some long days, I'm sure. So there's a parallel there. No, I think you're right. And it like to me, it's weird because the Brewers played a season last year. It was a 60-game season. They made the playoffs. <laughs> like I honestly— Oh, yeah, that's right. I have a hard time—I'll tell you when I really, really realized this. It was when Brent Suter had his first media availability of the spring— and they were talking about uh, his what happened in the playoffs last year, where he just couldn't throw a strike to save his life. And I went, "Oh yeah, like that." <laughs> that had left me. Like it just everything about mm-hmm. last year's baseball season. I the only moment that really stands out to me was um, when when the game was missed due to social justice when they didn't play that game against the Reds. That is a that is a moment that is ingrained in me and just the, that entire day when the Bucks didn't play and then me thinking, "No, oh, there's no way the Brewers are going to play." And they ended up not playing. 
even including the playoffs, that is the only day of last year's Brewers season that stands out to me, and it's a game they didn't even or a day they didn't even play. Well, and you're failing to mention the primary reason why that day stands out to you and always will for the rest of your life. Because, because uh, my credential because ended up in uh, at the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yes, no, that's not the reason why. You are a you are a baseball Hall of Famer. I can go to Cooperstown right now and request the Matt Pauley exhibit, and they will have to take me to the Matt Pauley exhibit. <laughs> I think they'll take you to the men's restroom is where they'll take you. I will walk in and demand to see your bus. I demand to see the Pauley bus. Nobody's... And you will take me this. Oh. <laughs> um, well, you know the other date that I think is going to be really very odd or just kind of make us feel funny in the way that you reacted when uh, they were talking about Suter's performance in the playoff. When we reached the one-year anniversary of last year starting, when was that? July 24th? I don't know. Was it the last week in July? So think, knock on wood, we have a normal start to this season, and the games are played on schedule. We'll have an April, and we'll have a May. We'll have a June. We're going to get to late July. Yeah. We'll be over, over halfway through the year, and we'll go, hey, you know what happened on this date last year? The season started. That'll be another one of those, wow, really? Yeah. I think that will be a crazy moment too. Yeah, the I, I there is one other kind of like period of time that sticks out to me as well. It was that home opening series that never got played against St. Louis because I remember you know fi- being ready to like actually go to a ball game. You know, we had done the the first six games against. I'm looking at a. I still have my 2020 60 game schedule up on my uh, on my board here in my home office where I'm recording, and I'm looking at that schedule right now. And they played the games to uh, to begin the season, and then they were set to come home. And it was those games against St. Louis where St. Louis had their first issue with COVID. And at first, it was just the one game that was postponed, and then it was the next game, and they eventually postponed the whole weekend and everything. And I, I remember that because that was there were some similarities through those couple days to when it first went things first started happening. We talked about this off the air before we start recording. How when when you're working in like sports news with that day that you know every hour there was a new cancellation, it kind of felt that way again for that opening series against St. Louis because first it was one game, then it was both games. Like you, you just oh they're gonna maybe try to play a doubleheader on Sunday that sort of thing. And I do that stands out to me as well. So interestingly enough, the things that stand out to me from last year are the times they didn't play. And even now I think back and go, and St. Louis ended up winning the division. Yeah. After all that, they find a way. They always seem to find a way. And, um, man, I, God, I hate the Cardinals. But, <laughs> which is why this year, and I don't know how you, I, I have, just in the last, I would say, three or four weeks, I've started to really, you know, look into predictions and things like that. And I don't know if you subscribe to the Pakoda projections, which are, you know, almost, almost miraculously accurate on an annual basis or really close to it. And I, it's not until just the last few weeks that I've, I've, I guess I've realized how many, how many people are as high on the Brewers as they are. I mean, I, I guess, and maybe, you know, as, uh, as crazy as last season was that 
abysmal offensive performance and you know uh, you know record setting at offense and i i up you know over the winter months i wasn't really just anecdotally that optimistic this year so well, it'll be another slog and I'll have to grind some things out and you know and then suddenly the last couple of weeks you start paying more attention to what some of the experts the as i like to say like yourself a smart baseball person i look to the smart baseball people to Okay, what what are the projections, or what are the predictions that I can, you know, have some validity in? And there's some optimism there, and whether it's Fakoda or whether it's just, you know, the smart baseball people putting their NL Central rankings together and publishing it, I've kind of got some. I got some. Uh, I'm 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 getting fired up. I really am. I'm getting more and more excited for this season, knowing what what. Uh, what could unfold. And I think Brewers fans should too, because last year was maybe in hindsight, just such an anomaly. We'll see, you know, how much stock can we put into last year too? You and I talked about it. I think last year, you know, what, what do we take from whatever the heck it is we're going through right now? And who knows, maybe nothing in the end, right? Well, We'll all have a laugh at it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the Brewers because all the things that need, like some people, some teams go into seasons and all these things have to happen. And quite honestly, a lot of those things are pretty darn unlikely. For the Brewers to have a really successful season, they need Christian Yelich to regain a large percentage of his MVP form. They need offensive bounce backs from Omar Nervaez and Avisael Garcia and Keston Hira to a certain extent as well. Um, they need Brandon Woodruff and, and Corbin Burns to be the guys they were last year, some version of it. They need to find some production at third base. That's the, obviously the biggest question. But can if Travis Shaw is the guy that he was in Toronto last year, not even saying if Travis Shaw is the guy he was his first couple of years with the Brewers, but even if it's Toronto Travis Shaw, that's better than anything else they have. I, you, you, I think all those things happening, there's no guarantee any of those things might not happen, and it could really throw a wrench into things. But I don't think anything that I just said is crazy or out there or totally unlikely, and that's why I feel pretty positive about this team this year. Yeah, I guess what you're describing is simply perform to the level that over the course of your career you performed to, right? I mean, just Yelich, just be Yelich. Be Yelich as you've been in a Brewers jersey. You know, is it uh, you know crazy to expect him to be what he was? You know, the first couple of years, okay, maybe. So he's maybe not quite as spectacular, but that's all right. And then, like you say, the the, the pitching staff and the, um, you know, it comes down to you know, well, like they say, pitching and defense, right? And isn't that kind of the route that this team has gone when they've been good? especially the last couple of years, they've done it with the bullpen and their bullpen is poised. And you didn't, you didn't mention that, but you know, the bullpen's poised to be one of, if not the best in the league again this year. And yeah, no, I, I completely agree. You're, you we're not asking any of these guys to have career years. You're not asking four or five guys in your lineup. Okay. If we're going to compete, we need four or five. These four or five guys have got to have the best years of their careers to date. No, just, just be who you are. Play to the back of the baseball card, right, as, as the saying goes. And they should be there in the end. And in the end, look, what if we look? If you get to August, if you can get to September, 
and be right there. I mean, it, as crazy as it is to say in this market, historically get to August, get to September and great council has shown a way. And this team has proven that they'll find a way to get in. And we, gosh, we've gone so long without being able to say that. Now we finally can. Yeah. It, you, know, you look at, and going back to the, the, the projections and everything, and you mentioned uh, Pocota, which loved the Brewers even before the Jackie Bradley Jr. Accusa- uh, acquisition. Uh, you look at like the Vegas odds, and I'm not a sports betting yeah. guy at all, but you, I, I always find it interesting to see what the odds say because uh, that's just they get it right so often. I, they actually. They have the Brewers as the third best. They've got the Cardinals with the best odds. They have the Reds of all teams with the second best odds. The Brewers, then the Cubs, and then the Pirates. I get, I, when it comes to this, is a, a couple years in a row where teams have really thought high, or you know, Vegas or whoever, or, you know, the the MLB insiders have thought highly of the Reds. The Reds have just never done it. Like they just they keep getting mm-hmm. highly thought after. And until you do it, you're not anybody. So that that's the only right. thing that frustrates me. I don't understand why yeah. it seems like every year people think so much more highly of the Reds than they actually should be thought of. Well, not so much this off season, but I mean with all the all the moves they made prior to twenty twenty, I kinda get it why it was kind of a sexy pick in the NL Central, uh, because of the off season acquisitions they made. It's kind of the opposite of the Brewers. I mean Here's the Brewers are to the point now, based on what they've done the last well, four, right, four years, four, four, five years or so. I mean, y- you got to give them the benefit of the doubt that if it's close, they'll be in it. Yeah. And yet, maybe some people don't, like Vegas or whatever. And then you have the Reds who don't prove their ability. Well, they made it last year, I know, but they they they, they don't have that recent track record of finding a way of getting in, and yet. People give them the benefits. I don't look. I, I'm not sure. And the Reds um, got worse this offseason. Yeah. The Brewers got better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who did the Reds all lose again off the top of your head? I mean, wh- why is it they're worse again? They trade their closer. Rysel Glacius is gone. Right. You're putting me on the spot well, here. Bauer. Yeah, Bauer's Trevor gone. Bauer, obviously. Is it Iglesias? Yeah, Rysel Glacius is gone. Bauer. That's their closer. Yeah. That's who I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. There was actually at one well, point anyway. in time there were like rumors that they were going to try to trade Mustakis just to get rid of his salary. Like yeah. they just they wanted they were basically willing to give him away, but in this really weird off season, nobody was willing to take him. Mm-hmm. Are there any big names out from the free agent market, or is everybody pretty much is there any like big fish still out there that is uh, the victim of whatever you want to call the uh, economics of baseball right now, or is I'm, everybody pretty much? On a roster somewhere. What do you? I mean, what do you consider a big fish? Well, how about a name? How about that? A name, you know, because over the has has this been one of the stories over the last five six years or so is the the off season. Whether some say it's collusion among the owners and management or whatnot, but just this this um, slow plotting off season of free agent signees and things like that and. You know, we get into spring training before guys start latching on. Maybe not. Maybe everybody's scooped up. Um, yeah, I've been um, wrapped up in the basketball scene of late. <laughs> no, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to go through it in my head. Who's most of them have been? I don't feel like any of the mm-hmm. like the really big names 
are are still available. Um, yeah, I just, um, yeah. Because Bradley was probably the biggest name that was available when when he went. James Paxton mm-hmm. got signed recently. Didn't Ty, yeah, Taiwan Walker, I think, went to the Mets, right? Jake Odorizzi just got signed by yeah. the Astros this past week. Um, okay. Has Rick Porcello? I, I, is it, he's a name, right? Why don't you go with Rick Porcello? Did he get signed by anybody? Yeah. I don't think so. Maybe Odorizzi was the name that I was still thinking of. And you're right. Yeah, he did get picked up this week. Porcello but... is still available, it would, it would appear. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Porcello is available. Which is always interesting because, yeah, it's always interesting because, okay, here we are. We're in the middle of March. I mean, you basically got, what, two-ish, two and a half, three weeks left? If you're not picked up by now, I mean, what, somebody's got to either lower the price tag or, or whatever. Somebody knows something about the guy and, Maybe how healthy he is, or what he just doesn't have left in the tank. I mean, there's usually more to it at this point if they're not on a roster yet, I would imagine. Yeah. Cespedes and Puig are still available if that does anything for you. Which, by the way, uh, that's right. I had heard uh, this past week that the Brewers were one of, like, I don't know, was it like 15 or 16 teams that went to uh, Cespedes's, like, um, what would you call it? His, his... Oh, like showcase? <laughs> I was going to say his pro day is yeah. what they called in college, but yeah, his showcase or things like that. I don't know. I don't know. I, it's, hmm. it's uh, but I mean, like Jed Jerko is still available. There's a lot of Brewers fans that would still like to see, and I, I don't think he fits on the roster of Travis Shaw's there, but he's he's still out there. What makes you keen on Shaw? I mean, what what? I, I have a feeling, like my gut just tells me that Travis Shaw. Is going to be the type of guy that he's going to come up on opening day, and if he goes 0 for three or 0 for four and strikes out once, the calls on your first edition of Brewers Extra Innings are going to be, "What were they doing, bringing back Travis Shaw? Fire Council!" You know, you're going to get a, you're going to get all those people calling again. Yeah. So he, what, what do you think they saw in Shaw? I think he had a so last year his numbers took a, a bounce back. Now it was. It wasn't so much his baseball card numbers. I'm not going to try to like, you know, mm-hmm. try to say it's it's better than it was, but a lot of those advanced numbers that they really look at, whether it's hard hit percentage, barrel percentage, launch angle, those things in Toronto last year were a whole lot closer to what they were when he was when the the two good years that he had uh with the Brewers. So if he comes back and he's able to do essentially what he did last year in Toronto, that's that's going to play okay. I'm looking at his baseball card numbers from last year because they were eh, they were okay. Um, last year, two again it was 60 games too. I mean, <laughs> he hit he hit 240, which is a, basically the same batting average he had with the Brewers in 2018. Uh, the difference was in 2018 he hit 32 home runs, but he had six home runs last year in the 60 games for um, mm. for Toronto. So I mean that that projects out to about 20 game 20 home runs over a full season. Um, 
his his slugging percentage was back into the 400s. You know, to put that in perspective, his slugging percentage mm-hmm. was 270 in 2019 with the Brewers. It jumped to 411 last year. His OPS was back at 717. Uh, that was much better than the 551. Like so, there was there was a legitimate even in the baseball card numbers, but certainly in the advanced numbers as well. He had a bounce back last year. So if he goes and hits. 240 and hits 20, 25 home runs and has 75 RBIs. You, you don't tell oh, me. Oh, sure. That's that's a that's a perfectly fine season, and essentially that's what he was on pace for last year with Toronto. That's good. You need to have you need to have that line down for when, for when you get the tweets and the texts and the calls. I'm just saying. I'm just putting you on alert for the anti uh, Travis Shaw. Um, calls and tweets and texts that you're going to get. Hey, real quick, um, this past week when you hosted the Brewers Spring Training Special on WTMJ and uh, 94.5 ESPN, which I assume was podcasted somewhere and is available out there now. It is. Um, I, I was really glad that you asked David Stearns about the fan question. You know, because you and I had talked about that last year, I think, when we were doing one of these uh, episodes, and about the, you know... How, can you really quantify the the presence of fans versus the absence of fans? And he kind of sounded like the way you and I did, you know, insofar as, well, we know that it makes a difference, but we really have no idea how quantifiable that is and if that's even possible to be quantified. I thought it was really interesting to hear somebody, you know, who's as smart as they come and go, you know, it's it makes a difference. So, How much? We don't know, but it, it makes a difference, which is great because there's going to be, what, 12,000? 12, 12, is that what they're looking at for this year? I think it, at, at, at fan Yeah, at the beginning so. of the year, it's going to go up as the year goes along. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I, sure. bet, I bet sure. they're almost at capacity by the time season ends. Maybe I'm just a, an optimist, but I, I think it's going to be good. So it's funny you ask, you mentioned that question, though. So here's an inside on, on, that, on that question. So I'm, I'm doing the interview. Uh, we're recording it mm-hmm. over the phone. And I prefaced that question. I believe the exact words out of my mouth were, I know you like to quantify everything. And then I went on to ask the question. And I wasn't like trying to be disrespectful or like, you know, may, like it was a, it's, they like to quantify things. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying yeah. that. When I made that statement, it was, it was a, I don't know if it was a chuckle or a huff, but he made a noise. I said, David, you, you like to quantify everything, and I heard it in my ears that he made Uh-oh. some type of noise, and I think it was kind of a chuckle, to be honest with you, but I went back, and yeah. it didn't... It did not get over the interview. It just came into my ears, but I was talking as he made the noise. So my Mm. talking completely blemished that out so you couldn't hear it. But it it kind of, it it startled me for a second because I I heard that noise and I'm thinking, oh, what's he thinking about this question that I'm asking him? So... So you can't even go back and like no. the Pruder film the audio. Nope, I tried. I you tried. Go back and go. Uh, here, honey, here, call my wife. Honey, do you think he is? Is, is this he a chuckle? Is this a huff? About my question. Is he smiling? Is it a laugh through a smile? Is it a huff and a puff? Is did, it? Did he choke on his water? What is it? <laughs> yes, maybe. Yeah, that's true. Maybe he just like went down the wrong pipe or something like that, or he was clearing his throat. And here you are spending hours at a time trying to dissect five tenths of a second of a sound on the phone. 
Um, yeah, but, but let's see. Now we know, and we were talking about it, that even the smart, smart, smartest of the smarts in the industry itself can't quantify the presence of fans. But, you know, we all agree, hmm, it makes a difference in the in the, the big moments in the game. So, it, it that's be... the biggest thing you're looking forward to, by the way, when you go back to cover these games. Because, you know, I was fascinated when you talked last year about how it was, it, there was, I, I don't know if I'm putting words in your mouth, but you said it wasn't almost as fun to be at a professional baseball game, a major league baseball game, because the fans weren't there to add the the uh, the sound of the moment. Yeah, I think I think it's a byproduct of that of what I'm looking forward to. I I believe, and I know I've told you this. I think the game was different. I, I think. I think the intensity level, I think the level of play was down without the fans. I just don't, just a human reaction, you know, you, you don't have all those people making noise, rooting you on, that, that sort of thing, or rooting against you. That, that can be a motivating factor as well. And I don't think the level of baseball was as good. And I am looking forward to seeing. I think it's going to be that high level baseball again, Scott. I honestly, so when you know when the team was on the road, I don't travel with the team, so I, I watch the game. Mm-hmm. I just watch the game on TV, basically. I was about to say I watch it on a monitor, like it's something special. I mean, I watch it on TV, and then we we do the post game show after that. And I, I don't say this to like be disrespectful to people who would have done anything that they could have done in their power to walk into that ballpark last year. I, I recognize the fact that I was lucky to be one of the few that actually watched live Major League Baseball last year. But the product was so much better on TV than it was live because it was just so obvious that it was a different game when you were in the same building as it and TV was able to mask it in a way. Which, you know, it begs the question then what different stadiums, correct me if I'm wrong, but different stadiums will have different capacities to start the year. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. up to the local jurisdiction. Um, you know, I suppose, uh, I don't know. I hear Texas is open for business again. So are they going to have full full grandstands at, uh, you know, the, the now new Rangers ballpark or. Houston or things like that. And how does that compare to places like Milwaukee or Chicago, which may still be you know, on the lower end of the spectrum? Um, there could be a little bit of a, you talk about home field advantage in that way. That could be interesting to watch too. When you have a team, of, you know, with 12,000 people versus, I don't know, 25 or 30,000 people. Yeah. I don't I like, I think, I think, you know, we'll watch and see what happens in Atlanta. Um, and what they do in Georgia, but I'm just thinking about the teams that are like like going to be relevant. The teams that are actually good, you know, in the National League, Dodgers, Padres, Cardinals, Brewers, Mets, Phillies, Braves. Is that that it? Is there any other team that you feel like is going to be anything? Um, we say Dodgers, Padres, okay, Central, Cardinals, uh, Brewers. Brewers, Cardinals, yep. East, yeah, Cubs. I mean, I okay. uh, East is uh, Mets, Braves, Phillies, Braves, Mets, Phillies, Nationals. I don't know. Yeah, you know that Maybe whole Phillies, top to yeah. bottom. That's the best division in baseball because yeah. even the Mar- <laughs> the Marlins aren't bad. 
Yes, uh, oh, we forget the Marlins. Yeah, after so what they did next year. Yeah, but, but oh, yeah, none. By the you way. know, maybe the Marlins, notwithstanding, we'll see what happens. But they don't draw anyway, so it doesn't matter. You know, they can. DeSantis can say you can have a two hundred percent of capacity, and that's not going to impact the Marlins. Um, so no, I don't. I you know, just having a, a cursory knowledge of. Mm-hmm the attendance expectations in all those cities that we just talked about, none of those, none of those places, everybody's going to be between like 20 and 35%. And I don't, I don't think there's a huge difference between having 12,000 people and having 20,000 people, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. Now that would be fascinating to watch. Fascinating to watch. Um, And you'll be there for opening day, right? That's the plan. Unless they, uh, unless they say, (laughs) no, you can't, uh, you can't go. Uh, See, I'm I'm still, and and, and it's it's on everybody's going to make a decision. You know, I'm I'm still, yeah, not so much. And maybe it's because they haven't gotten my vaccine yet. And once that happens, um, hopefully next few months, obviously, then I'll feel a little differently. But I'm I'm still not I'm still not there yet. You're eligible in one C, Scott. What's that? You're eligible in one C. Are we in one C now? Finally, no. But you will when one C starts on like the twenty fifth. You are eligible because uh, media members media, and journalists media. are included in that group. Oh, one C, one C. Go well in yeah. that case. <laughs> and again, you know, just feeling that way it doesn't say I'm not implying that any of the teams are lacking in their measures or things like that. It's just a, you know everybody's got to make an individual decision based on their own. Situation and things like that, but all right, one C. There you go. You know what? I, I haven't even spent that much time looking deep into when it's my turn because I just assume, as a knock on wood here, as as, as a healthy guy in his thirties, I just figure eh, it's not my time yet. It's not my turn yet. Somebody's got to be in the line in front of me. There are people, Matt, who are jumping the line. I am going. No, no, no. Go ahead, ma'am. You first. Yeah. So I That's like I've had that internal conflict. I don't. The thing that motivates me to get it when the one C group comes available because I'm I'm same as you. Um, I've got a few extra yep. pounds on me that I'm trying to get rid of, so I'm 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 probably technically in the overweight category. So I would uh, be eligible under that as well if I wanted to. But I have a uh, Scott. I have worked out every day for like over 270 days straight. So I, I like to think of myself the, as a healthy person. By the way, yes. I, well. I'll let you make your point, but I heard a rumor that you belong to the same gym as another personality on WTMJ Radio. I've heard a rumor. That is true. Justin Garcia and I <laughs> both go to the uh, the same oh. gym. I see. Now I wasn't going to say the name, but you said yeah. So are you are you like spotting for him? Does he spot for you? I've, I mean, what what are you are you in the pool together? Are you guys you know racing each other up and down, doing laps in the pool? I've never seen him there, but he, oh. I joined first. So when he joined, he listed me as his reference. So I got some oh. uh, I got some bucks to use inside of the gym if I want to uh, by uh, by referring him to it. Oh, wow! Yeah, you've yet to see him show up. All right, so all right. Well, I just all right. Well, maybe off the. Give him a hard time for that, but no, but but you were uh, sorry. I I don't want to yeah, derail so, your point. Yeah, um, so yeah, honestly, I mean, so I probably would have just waited, but as somebody who is going to be going to the ballpark all the time, I've I've spent most. Of the, mm-hmm. I have not gone out very much except for you know last year during the 
Brewer season and during basketball season this year when I did games, the fact that I will be out and there are going to be fans in the stands, that probably does motivate me that, you know, once appointments become available and it's not crazy and the people who really need it in one C get it, I'll be I'll be looking to to get the vaccine and in a perfect world I'd get it before opening day. Hmm. But the um you know, I, I, it's funny you say that because I was thinking about the players and things like that and, you know, the, the PR crisis or the PR hit, not crisis, but the PR hit that I think a team would take if all of a sudden, you know, it was disclosed tomorrow that XYZ Major League Baseball team, oh, we, we've, we've uh, vaccinated our entire squad. Then I just saw the other day, yesterday, that the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, members of their organization, because now they're classified under the whatever the New Orleans area, you know, a vaccination program is, is allowing because some of those guys fall under those naturally fall into those categories. They're starting to get it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of interesting to track how these teams in baseball now, particularly when and who and how they get the, the vaccine. Well, it's ridiculous. So a bunch of players got it because they, they were basically in the one C that Wisconsin's going to be in that I just mentioned, and being overweight or being obese is in that group. The problem with prior that— health. The, prior health condition or something, yeah. But the the thing with the the like the body mass index thing, that's based off your weight and your height and all that sort of stuff. So a ton of professional athletes, like The Rock once said, The Rock, who's like the most fit guy in the world, his his BMI technically is like 40, which is horrible, but it's, it's because of how much he weighs because of all the muscle and the way that they do the equation. Oh. So all these bad, like it is a very common thing for professional athletes to have technically a BMI that is when you're just using, it's probably not real, but when you're just using like the basic equation of, you know, mm-hmm. weight versus size, they fall into this category. So I read that a bunch of these New Orleans players, they're technically in the mm-hmm. obese category. So that's why they were able to get the, uh, the vaccine. Based on the BMI. Huh? That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, in that case, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about uh, particular baseball players who maybe are a little bit more overweight than others, but I won't. Well, in that case, then well, then then who knows? Then then man, you're going to have to have that on your scorecard at the stadium too. You're going to have a little spot where the position, their jersey number, <laughs> the position they're playing on the field, and then you're going to check a box. Uh, you know, so and so is playing left field today, and he has not yet been vaccinated. Here's the two-two. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna be tracking the vaccination of the Milwaukee Brewers. Or if there's a if there's, there's a, a this year. if there's a fight or a brawl, you could be like, well, these two guys oh. both have been vaccinated, so they're fine to uh, to uh, to throw punches. They're good. That's right. Listen, if you're gonna go after somebody over on that side, uh, go after that guy because he's been vaccinated. Don't go after that guy because he has been. <laughs> Maybe they should oh, have man. like a scarlet letter that. on them. You know, you get like a a big V that you have uh, sewn onto your jersey if you're vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, just or well, it's just like they have the 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 C in hockey for what the right. captain C, right? Yeah. You get the big V. Just and, a V. Okay, he's gonna get vaccinated. <laughs> Boy, how many how many of the umpires are, will have been vaccinated? That you want to talk about body mass index? And I know I know umpires aren't quite the behemoths that they once were back in the day, 
But still, some of those guys. Joe West um, has been eligible for the vaccine before COVID nineteen even existed. No, well, no, but 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 here's the thing. Excuse me. I don't think Joe West still believes COVID nineteen is a thing. I, I I I'm pretty sure he's on record as thinking this was all much to do about nothing. So even if they offer him a vaccine, he's going to need to be told what it's all about because he doesn't even think that anything happened in the first place. So but, it's again, funny that you mentioned that because when he said that, if you follow the Twitter account of like the Major League Baseball Umpires Association, they uh, it's 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 laughable what they come to the defense of. Like even when their guys are so incredibly in the wrong, like but there's they just feel like they're always under attack. So you can tell they are they do anything that they can to defend their umpires and promote good things they've done. Like it is just so when when West made that comment, they had to like put out a statement that was like, yeah, we don't exactly agree with what Joe's saying here. And it felt so uncomfortable because they defend their umpires about everything. It was kind of funny. So they they actually found an instance where, yeah, we even we, even we, his fellow union members cannot get behind what he is touting. Well, look, I mean, they have to. They have to tout everything the umpires do, because if they don't, Angel Hernandez is going to sue them. And then that's just going to open up a very litigious situation between the union and a member of the union, and nobody wants that. I mean, Angel Hernandez, he's far too busy with other court battles and bad ball and strike calls and things like that. I, I think you sent me that video, right, that went around. It was like the first day of spring yes. training. <laughs> and Angel Hernandez is already, he's already just blowing pitches that are right down the middle. And even if it's not right down the middle, it's the first day of spring training. Just call a strike. Let's get this thing going. Oh, no. Angel's in midseason form, Matty. He's ready to go. Yeah. It's... Uh... It's incredible that he has a job. <laughs> he like, careful. Don't say anything. He could come after you. Take you to court. I want just be careful. Joe West has some redeeming qualities as an umpire. Angel Hernandez doesn't. Yeah, Joe West is annoying, but he's got the curmudgeonly, uh, the curmudgeon factor. And yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no. Angel Hernandez, not so much. Not so much. All right, Scott, this was fun. We talked some Brewers. We talked COVID. We talked. Uh, we talked umpires. Anything else we need to get to before we uh, before we get out of here? People do realize that you are now enshrined in Cooperstown, right? Do people realize that? Have you talked about that enough? Have I- you touted that? Enough yet. I, I tweeted the picture of the certificate mm-hmm. and the like the membership card that the uh, okay. the wonderful folks in Cooperstown sent me. And for people listening to this who have no clue what's being talked about, they uh they requested my credential last year from that game mm-hmm. against Cincinnati that was postponed uh, as a result of uh, the the social justice uh, protest. And 
so yeah, when once I sent that in, they uh, they they sent me back a really cool certificate, which I've which I've got a frame for now, and I've got a lifetime membership to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. So it's really cool what they did. And if anybody mm-hmm. wants to see it, you can find it on my Twitter account at Matt Pauly on air. Tom Hodricourt a day before tweeted out basically the same thing. He sent his uh, scorecard from the no hitter last year against the Brewers, and they took mm-hmm. that from him. So he got the same package from the wonderful people in Cooperstown. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Cooperstown, you'll be able to see an item that you had in the hall. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it says my I mean, name. We're, I'm, I'm having, we're, we're having fun with it, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's. I hate the reason that it had to happen, but that doesn't take away from like the coolness that something of mine oh. I was able to donate to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it was a it was a historic year, a memorable year, and that's just your old little piece of history in that respect. Yeah. So, very cool stuff. I've never been. I've never been. It's obviously on my bucket list, as it should be, I think, for everybody who's never been. I haven't been. And um, now, now you have I have to go now. You've never been? No, I've never been. How have you? You, Mr. Baseball, everything, has never been to Cooper's? Well, now you have to go, especially because you have a lifetime membership. So yep. You can just flash your your card or do the secret Cooperstown handshake and they'll just let you saunter right on. Maybe I should, uh, you know, get a home in Cooperstown just so I can go visit on a daily basis whenever I'm uh, not doing other things. Road trip. You and I road trip. Okay. Road trip. When we're allowed to do those things again in our society, we will road trip to Cooperstown. We'll podcast the whole thing and it'll be, Oh, it'll be something. And I, I don't know if it'll be good or not, but it'll be something. And the Pauly family now has a very comfortable large vehicle that we could drive up there. Oh. Full circle. That, full circle, entire, Scott. With this entire episode has come full circle. Yep. All right. We'll do this again real <laughs> soon. Thank you. You're welcome, Matt. Thank you. Scott Warris joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Let's go ahead and take a look at what's going to be coming up this upcoming week for the Brewers as Cactus League play is continuing. Uh, pretty good chance you are listening to this podcast on Monday the 15th, the vast majority of our listens uh, come in on the first day is posted. Thank you for that, by the way. It's always rewarding to know that uh, people listen to it as soon as it is available. Available, uh, but they are going to match up against the Padres uh, on Monday afternoon. That's a game that's going to be on 94.5 ESPN. Then they are going to uh, match up against the Dodgers coming up on Tuesday. You can hear that game on 620 WTMJ. Wednesday is an off day. Thursday, they get back at it when they match up against the Angels. Friday, they are set to take on the Diamondbacks. On Saturday, they'll take on the Reds. That game will be on 94.5 ESPN. On Sunday, they'll match up against the Mariners, and that's going to be a 620 WTMJ game. And then a week from Monday, Monday the 22nd, they are set to match up against the Indians. Uh, You can get all the details about everything going on with the Brewers at uh, WTMJ.com, and the broadcast schedule is available for you uh, there as well. Before you know it, let's see, when we... When we do this podcast next week, we're going to be talking about the final full week of spring training before uh, they eventually head to Arlington for a couple games. We didn't even get into the fact that uh, 
the Texas Rangers are planning on, uh, as of now, as they're planning on allowing full capacity, full attendance at Globe Life Park, and we'll see how many people actually show up for those exhibitions. But uh, the same thing for uh, their opening day. But the Brewers are scheduled to play two games there uh, in Texas against the Rangers before they uh, do return home for opening day, which is going to be coming up on April 1st. All right, that is it for the podcast this week. Thanks to my guest, Scott Warris, for joining us. Thanks to you for being tuned in. And we will talk to you again next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.